0: Well, grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We want to welcome you here today. We're so glad that that you're here to worship uh, with us uh, this morning. I know we're down a little bit in number. I know that uh, we have multiple people uh, gone with the flu. And so uh, please keep them in your prayers as well. But we're glad that you're here. And so we began this uh, new series a few weeks ago entitled Living Word, a study of the story of God. Uh, if you have a Bible, you might be opening to Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter three, and we'll be uh, we'll be there in just a minute. And so we began this journey several weeks ago, uh, and we're seeking out to know more about God and His Word. And this is a journey to transform our own lives as we uh, deepen our relationship with God. And so one thing we've noticed about God's Word over the last several weeks is that it answers important questions that we all want to know. Some of these questions are, are this. Who are we? Uh, where are we? What has gone wrong and what is the solution? And so uh, we saw that Genesis 1-1 answers the question, where are we? Well, we are surrounded by God's creation. He created everything that we see. Last week we looked at uh, Genesis one and verse 28 Um, or verse 26, and it answers the question of, who are we? And so we are people created in the image of God, and we've been given certain divine attributes, and we learn that we've been created for a community, and this is why God calls us to do life together. The church is a family, and we are to be active participants within the family. And so this morning, we're turning our attention to this third question, what has gone wrong? And when I ask this question, there's really no need to explain it, because everyone knows what I'm talking about. We, we know that uh, there's something wrong with the world. It's not as it should be. We know this deep down within us. We feel it when a, a loved one dies or a friend gets cancer. We understand it when we turn on the news and watch what's going on in our um, country or around the world. We know there is a problem. Something has gone wrong with the world on a cosmic level. And so no part of earth is untouched by what has gone wrong. But we also understand this on a personal level. We feel guilt. We feel shame. We don't always like the, the choices that we make. And we've all had moments in our lives where we wish that we could go back and just change it. We we've witnessed how some of our choices have hurt others. We understand that, that we have caused suffering and we have caused pain and we wish it were not so. And so the problem is not just cosmic, it, it's personal as well. It is something within us. And so this brings us back to the, to, to the question that all of us want an answer to, what has gone wrong? Well, the Bible gives us the answer and we find it in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And so if you have a Bible, you can follow along. If not, it's on the screen there. And let's look at the first seven verses. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman... For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so when the woman saw the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And so the the problem with our world is that sin has been introduced into it. And and sin is like a cancer. It's something that spreads and it corrupts. And so we've all heard the old adage that, that you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. And this is kind of what sin is like. Once it's unleashed into the world, it's difficult to clean up this mess. It causes damage. So the problem with the world is sin. Now, God created everything, and it was good. We looked at that a few weeks ago. He created a world without sin, without death, without disease, without war, poverty, racism, and everything else that you can think of that is wrong, and so we cannot blame our problems on God. I know some people want to do that nowadays and say it's God's fault, but it's not God's fault. Uh, he placed human beings in the world, and when He did that, He gave us free will. And so this means the, the we have the ability to choose to either do good or to do evil. And, and Adam, Adam and Eve had this ability. And they chose to violate the commands that God had given them. And one of the things that we have to understand is that our choices have consequences. And so, Adam and Eve, they chose to eat this fruit. And then they became aware of their nakedness, and they had to leave the garden. And Eve would experience pain through childbearing and Adam had to to labor and to work the ground. And the ground was, was cursed with thorns and thistles and death became a reality. And all of this happened because of sin. Now the problem is that we don't often consider the consequences of our sin. We don't always think through, you know, what's going to happen if I make this comment? Or, or what are the ramifications if I flirt with someone that isn't my spouse? We don't always you know, contemplate uh, these decisions the, you know, that we're making. We don't always contemplate our our words and our actions. We say something and then we wish that we could take it back because we know that it's going to hurt others and we know that it's going to do damage. And and James, uh, the brother of Jesus, understood the seriousness of words spoken without consideration. He wrote this in James chapter 3, which has a lot to say about the tongue, but he says, How great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a word of unrighteousness. And so, sin would not end if we always considered our our words and actions first, but I I believe that it would be greatly reduced. And Genesis 3 here not only identifies the problem the world faces, but it also tells us how Eve succumbed to sin. And so I want us to go back and, and notice verses 4 and 5. It says, But the servant said to the woman, You will not surely die." For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so we have to do some hermeneutics. We have to understand how to read the Bible. And so uh, let me give you a little bit of advice here. The words of Satan are not words to live by, but they are words to learn by. And so that's, that's why we have them in Scripture. Uh, We see here that he's a crafty and he's a cunning being. He is the father of lies. But his words also often contain some element of truth. And so a lot of times he speaks in half-truths. Did Eve die when she ate the fruit? No, she didn't. Would she eventually die? Yes, she would. And so what we learn here is that the devil doesn't tell us the whole story. A lot of times he just tells us a small piece of it. He wants to focus on the fun that you're going to have when you get drunk and not the hangover the next morning. He wants to tell you about how good it will feel to cheat on your spouse and and ignore all the damage that it's going to do to your family. And so Satan wants to talk about the, the momentary pleasure that sin brings, but he's silent when it comes to the lasting damage. The other thing that Satan says that entices Eve is, you know what, you do this and you're going to be like God. And so this story explains a lot about the, the human condition. But I think, I believe one of the problems is that uh, we often uh, want to distance ourselves from it as much as possible, kind of distance ourselves from this story. And we do this in a couple of ways. Uh, some try saying that this passage teaches that, that we inherit the sin of Adam, and it's not really you know anything we do. It's something that we're born with. In other words, it's just something that, that we inherit. Others might want to picture Adam and Eve as being naive or foolish, you know, um, it's not something that we would ever do. We would never act in that way. And both of these ways of looking at the text are flawed because they put too much distance between us and the text. And the truth is that we're just like Adam and Eve and that we do the same things that they did. And the temptation to be like God is one that we succumb to all the time. And again, at first glance, we might think, you know, that would never be something that would work on me. I know my place. I don't want to be God. But the question we need to consider is, what does it mean to be like God? What's what's the temptation here? What's going on? Well, it means that we want to be in charge. It means that we think that we know best God commanded, but Adam and Eve thought that they knew better than God. And guess what? This happens to us too. God has spoken. God has given us His Word. He has instructed us in how to live. But do we always listen to God? If we're being truthful, if we're being honest, the answer is no. No. We sometimes do what we want to do. We sometimes think that we know best. And in the moment, it seems maybe to make sense. But if we were ever to stop and consider who it is that we think we know better than, it's really absurd. It's laughable to think that many times in our lives we have acted as if we thought we knew better than God. But it's true, and we continue to do it. Well, Adam and Eve are not just the father and mother of sin. They're not just two foolish individuals who were easily deceived. They're you and me. And this is a story about us. And we keep making the same mistakes, even though that we know the outcome. And it's a story about humanity. You know, in 1905, a London newspaper asked the question, "What is wrong with the world?" And they received many replies from many individuals, including one from G.K. Chesterton, who simply replied, "I am." If we want to know what is wrong with the world, we don't have to look very far because we know the hurt and the pain that we have caused. We know the damage that we have done. And and yes, sin is a global problem. And we were born into a world that is sinful, that is messed up, that is corrupt. And we have to deal with the sins of the past. But at the same time, we cannot avoid responsibility. And we are just as guilty as Adam and Eve, and we have no one to blame but ourselves. And so sin has many consequences, but one of the most devastating is that it separates us from God. And so after Adam and Eve ate the fruit, they were banished from the Garden of Eden, and they could no longer walk in the Garden with God. And if you kind of notice that, you know, notice what happens there. And then you look at the rest of human history, the rest of the things in the Bible, it's a history of longing. And we know something is missing. We know that we're not home yet. And this is alluded to to in passage after passage in the Bible Um, Let me just give you one of those. We see it in places like Hebrews 11, verses 13 through 16. This uh, chapter that you probably know of as the Hall of Fame of Faith. It talks about all these faithful individuals. And then it says about them, They all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. They're seeking something. They're longing for something. And if they had been thinking of that land from which they'd gone out, they would have had had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God for He has prepared for them a city. If you have ever felt unsatisfied, if you have ever felt like you were made for something more. Well, this is the result of being separated from God. Because we were not meant to be apart. We were meant to dwell together, but, but sin has disrupted the world that God designed, and this is part of the problem that we see today. We have this Unfulfilled longing, this this unfulfilled desire, and we need God in our life because He is the living water. He is the bread of life, and He alone can fulfill the the, the longing that is deep within each of us. But too often, people seek to satisfy this desire in other ways in sinful ways. And so this is idolatry. Many people in our world today, they worship the God of sex or the God of money or the God of power or the God of fame. And if you think about it, uh, we're more like our worldly neighbors than we realize. Because they, they are seeking God. They're just doing it in some Unhealthy ways that cause lasting damage. They are misguided and they need a friend or a neighbor to come alongside them and to help them find what it is they're searching for. Well, because of sin, Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden. And because of this, their ancestors spend their lives trying to find their way back. And they keep searching for this city, this city built by God. And we know that something is not right. We know that this doesn't feel like home. There has to be something more. So what is it that we're searching for? Well, if you have the book, Core 52, you may have read this this week, but I love this quote. It says, the garden is not our goal. The heart of God is. It does no good to live in the luxury of utopia if we are bereft of character, relationships, and connection to the Creator. It's God Himself, not His garden, that's our home. His gifts of procreation and working in the garden are meaningless without the fellowship of God in the cool of the day. And so we long for all things to be made right, We long for for death and disease to be no more. We long to escape the corrupting effects of sin. We long to be set free. But ultimately, we long to dwell with God. And everything else is just icing on the cake. The longing that we have deep down within us is a longing to be in the presence of God. And you can have all the money, you can have all the possessions in the world and still be unsatisfied. We know it to be true. We see it all the time. And what we need and what we're searching for is God. The problem with the world is sin it's your sin, it's my sin, it's Adam's sin, it's the sin of our grandparents, it's sin. And we could sit here and we could spend all of our time blaming everyone else, but that wouldn't do us any good. In fact, it would just uh, lead us to more sin. We're all guilty. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short. And, And sin corrupts sin destroys, sin separates us from God, and what we really need to do is to get back to God. Now I know we're in the beginning parts of the Bible and there's a lot more to come, but I've got to preach the gospel. I cannot spend all my time this morning talking about sin and not say something about Jesus. And so you may have noticed that, that we're in a predicament. Our sin has separated us from God and we need to get back to Him. And so how do we do that? Well, the answer is Jesus. Jesus dies on the cross to overcome sin. He dies on the cross to rescue us from sin. He dies on the cross so that our sins... Might be taken away. And we cannot get back to God without Jesus. And He's the answer to our sin problem. And we should be grateful for this every single day. If you are a Christian, you should not let a day go by without thanking God for what His Son did on the cross for you. We have forgiveness, we have mercy, we have grace. Because of Jesus. Our world has a problem. We have a problem. It is sin. But we're not left without an answer. And the answer is Jesus. We need Jesus. Our friends need Jesus. The world needs Jesus. Because only Jesus can take away our sins. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for giving us this day. Thank you for allowing us to, to be here this morning. Thank you for allowing us to, to come into your presence, to, to honor you and to worship you because you alone are worthy of worship. Father, we come before you today and we lament that you're Good creation has become so corrupted by sin. And we confess that that we are partly responsible for this. We are guilty. We have transgressed your law and we humbly bow before you and ask for forgiveness. Our desire is to be in a right relationship with you. And so be with us as we seek to right the wrongs all around us. Help us to point our neighbors to you. And we long for the day when we will dwell in your presence forever. And we know this is only possible because of what Jesus did for us. And for this we say thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his life. Thank you for his death. Thank you for his resurrection, and it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.